I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everyone, just a quick announcement before we get into the episode proper. We want to let you know that Hunting Seasons is now part of a podcast network family. We have friends. We have friends. We are now part of Earbuds. You can find the Earbuds Network on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Earbuds Network. Um, highly recommend checking them out. It's a bunch of other Melbourne-based podcasts. Um, so if you get the chance, please go and check them out and give them a listen. Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Hunting Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. And I'm Damas Leary. And today we'll be discussing Season 7 of Game of Thrones. Damas Leary. Broderick Gordis. How are you this evening? Look, I'm quite well. It's a bit late in the evening because we're recording this directly after the last episode. Mm-hmm. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, got home from work, um, had some din-dins, mm-hmm. uh, waited for the others to come around because we tend to watch Game of Thrones as a group. We do. Watched it. It's now well past midnight <laughs> and uh, everyone's sleeping. So if we're a little bit quieter than usual, just n- turn the volume up notch a couple of couple That's of notches. Right. Um, because, it's uh, just because we're, we're being considerate people. Yeah. And oh. recording a podcast in our lounge room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, apart from that, I'm very good, thank you. Uh, should we get straight into things? I think we should. Excellent. Without further, further ado, spoiler warning. On this episode, we will be discussing everything that happens in Season 1 to 7 of Game of Thrones. Before listening, we recommend watching all of Game of Thrones thus far. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Some facts and figures for you. Game of Thrones is a HBO original fantasy political period-ish thing drama <laughs> series based on the George R. R. Martin A Song of Ice and Fire series of acclaimed books. Steering the ships in season one are showrunners D.B. Weiss and David Benioff, along with an Iron Fleet load of seasoned writers and directors. Over its seven seasons, Game of Thrones has become a goddamn cultural phenomenon and the most popular thing since the Beatles sliced bread with Jesus. And you all know this. You know who's in it. Every person in the Seven Kingdoms has watched this show, so it's completely pointless me going over this. Season 7 consists of seven episodes, each coming in around 63 minutes and took us approximately 7 hours and 20 minutes to watch, but you know because you did it. Because everyone did it. <laughs> everyone in the entire universe Basically. Yeah. Damas, do you have a story synopsis for us? I sure do. All right, here's the Game of Thrones Season 7 rundown. Dragon Mama and her crew roll up on her old crib, both the literal baby crib since she was born there and in the colloquial sense. And Denny gets down on her knees and kisses the sand and then strikes a superhero power stance as all her fanboys and fangirls stand behind her and clap. Except for Varys, whose hands are permanently glued inside his own robes, one can only assume he is tweaking his own nips. 
Off at the Twins, Walder is giving a toast. He tells the folks in attendance, thanks for coming everyone. Just to let you know, the bar tab has run out, so it'll be pay as you go from now on. Everyone dramatically spits out their wine in disgust at having to buy their own drinks at a function. Joking, they're actually all choking because it's not actually Mr. Frey, it's actually Arya Stark pulling a classic Ashton Kutcher and punking them all with some poison. Bye-bye, House Frey, you won't be missed by anyone, not even your own wives. Let's swoop on over to King's Landing and check out what those wacky Lannisters are up to. Oh, it looks like Cersei has been marathoning shows on the Home and Garden Network and has decided to take on her own renovations. Jamie tries to tell her that a giant map of Westeros on the floor is not going to help with the resale value, but Cersei is her usual stubborn self and refuses to listen. She's determined to invite all their friends over to see the new home improvements, but Jamie reminds her that they don't have any friends anymore since she massacred a building full of people. So she then convinces him to go and talk to the Tarleys and try and convince them that Cersei isn't a regular queen, she's a cool queen. And Mr. Tully, a.k.a. Sam's dad, somehow buys that. Speaking of Sam, he's at the Citadel paying his dues. Or paying his poos. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. What I'm trying to say is Sam has to touch a lot of shit before he's allowed to even look at a book. Thankfully, though, while cleaning up some fecal matter, he comes across a man who has a bad case of grayscale. Sam, being a stand-up dude, helps the man out. And the man? Well, it's Jorah Mormont, of course. Sam puts on a full-body condom, starts picking some gnarly scabs, and then rubs custard into an open wound. Look, I'm no doctor, but I've watched about ten seasons of Grey's Anatomy, so I feel confident in saying that is definitely how you cure an infection. Well done, Sam. After saving Jorah's life, Sam then writes a letter to John, letting him know that Danny is sitting on a giant island made of stuff that kills White Walkers. So that's pretty cool. He's just kind of helping people out all over the joint. Good on you, Sam. John decides to go to Dragonstone, but before he does, they have a northerner meeting in which Sansa publicly shames John for being such a pussy. Everyone agrees, especially Lyanna Mormont. Danny sends the Greyjoys and the Sand Snakes off to fight, but they get attacked by evil pirate Greyjoy. Lots of stabbing and maniacal laughter. Ooh, this guy must be bad. Lucky Theon has extra room in his pants these days because he fills them to the brink with his own poo at the side of his uncle. Evil Pirate takes his prisoners to Queen Cersei and she immediately begins secreting love fluids for her new suitor. And poor Jamie is forced to go back to his bedroom to polish his golden hand all on his lonesome. We get some sexy girl-on-girl action when Cersei smacks a sensual kiss on Sandsnake number three's lips. Ilaria starts screaming at how erotic this situation is. Oh no, she's screaming because now she's going to have to watch her daughter die and then decompose. Damn. John arrives at Dragonstone and Danny starts immediately yelling about how big her dick is. I mean, how big her dragons are. John is impressed, of course, but he has a lot on his mind. Namely that an army of the undead is about to murder them all. What a party pooper. Sansa and Bran reunite at Winterfell and it is a beautiful moment. They embrace and then Bran, everyone's favourite little brother, says, Hey, hey, Sansa, I've got this great little joke for you. I heard it on my travels up north. You'll get a real kick out of it. You ready? Okay, good. Uh, knock, knock. Who's there? Guess. Guess who? Guess who knows you were brutally raped by Ramsay Bolton and is going to awkwardly bring it up right now. And then Bran laughs at his own joke for approximately 42 minutes while Sansa stares off into the distance. What a reunion. The Lancers have another victory and capture Highgarden. Everyone's favourite granny has been sentenced to die by poisoning. 
and on her way out, Olena drops knowledge on Jamie. That's right. She finally admits that it was her that killed Joffrey. Fuck! Yes, Olena! R.I.P. But Jamie doesn't have too much time to marinate on all that because he's got to head back to King's Landing and have some sexy sister time. Danny hears of how her forces have pretty much been diminished thanks to Tyrion's terrible, no good, very bad ideas. And so she comes to the conclusion that we all reach when working on a group project. If you want something done, do it yourself. She rides on her beloved dragon Drogon and smites a whole bunch of Lannisters who are skipping across the fields. Meanwhile, her Dothraki horde are slicing throats and taking names. Jamie and Bronn are amongst the fighting. It's all very tense. Bronn shoots Drogon in the shoulder. Major Alchie, he's going to have to go to physio for that one. Jamie has a great idea to lance Danny while she adorably tries to remove a giant arrow from a beast covered in scales. But Drogon breathes fire at him. Don't worry, because Bronn saves him just in the nick of time. They survive. Danny survives. Everyone survives. I repeat, everyone survives. John then shows Danny some sick drawings, and she realizes that White Walkers are a thing. And then, for some reason, everyone decides it's super necessary to convince Cersei of the existence of White Walkers. So they concoct a plan to head north, grab a White Walker, bring it south, all the way to King's Landing for what could only be described as the weirdest show and tell ever. And that's what they do. John and his band of brothers go north. They fight a zombie bear. Then they capture a White Walker. Then they get trapped by a huge number of White Walkers. They stand on a tiny island while Gendry runs a marathon, a literal marathon, since it's entirely reminiscent of the story behind the name. The folks at the wall then send a message to Danny being like, SOS, John is on an island. Who could have thought this story would end up so stupid? It's not like its inception was fucking idiotic. Anyway, come ASAP. Okay, thanks. Uh, so then Danny hops on Drogon, uh, brings the other two along. They breathe fire on the zombies and it looks like our heroes will leave this place unscathed except just at that moment the Night King spears one of the dragons and it goes down and then drowns and it's very sad. Except this whole thing is fucking dumb so I'm as dead as a fucking White Walker inside. John is left behind and should die but then Benjen swoops in and saves him leaving him behind for no fucking reason. It's like the writers wanted to reinvigorate memes about Leo and Kate on that door. Really? There's no time to get on that horse mention? Really? Anyway, so everyone's safe. John bends the knee and then I throw myself off the wall and beg that I don't get resurrected. Uh, but then we're transported to King's Landing for the meeting of the mines. Everything seems to be, you know, going well. First a White Walker tries to eat Cersei's face and then John is so honourable that he gets everyone killed. I'm sure Danny would be swooning if she wasn't so busy making funeral arrangements for herself and all of her loved ones, John. Eventually Tyrion decides to talk to his sister. He skulls a few beers and they reminisce about how many times they've thought about killing each other. Ah, family gatherings are always hard. Cersei finally gives in and pledges her troops, except psych, she was totes joking. Jamie is offended that she would play with his honour. I mean, asking him to push a kid out a window is one thing, but saying he'll fight when really he won't be, now that's a step too far. Then John and Danny smash their scaly dragon generals together while we watch a montage of just how super duper related they are. I don't know about you, but I was erect the whole time. Arya and Sansa execute Littlefinger, which is cool, but I won't delve into the build-up to that because it was dumb and frustrating. Over at East Watch, the White Walkers are knocking on the door, and when they don't get an answer, they send in the resurrected dragon. And the Night King rides his new baby like it's a mechanical bull at a bachelorette party. You go, girl. I guess we won't see that sassy fella until next season. The end. 
Thank you, Damask. They are getting, I swear, better and better every week. That might be my favourite one so far. Oh, the Defenders one was pretty good too. I was pretty happy with that one as well. Uh, look, they're definitely getting longer and longer. <laughs> Game <laughs> I, of Thrones. I apologise for that. But I felt, yeah, Game of Thrones needed it. Needed it. it yeah, earned yeah. it. Before Particularly we, this season. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Mm. Before we get into the specifics of the show, I did want to quickly talk about, because this is actually our first episode on Game of Thrones, we've skipped the other six seasons at this point. We'll probably go back to them at one stage. But in the meantime, what is our relationship to the show? Do we read the books? How do we come by Game of Thrones? When do we start watching? What have you sort of thought of the show so far? Yeah, so I remember I was on some pop culture site many a moon ago and there was a mention of a show called Game of Thrones that was coming out and I read about it and I was like oh this is cool um I think it was talking about how it had so many interesting complex female characters so I was like oh okay ah. so I then uh, went on book depository and bought a whole bunch of the books and I started reading so I'd read the first two books I think I got through before the show actually came out um and then I proceeded to read I believe the four of the books. Right. So I've been watching the show since it began and mm-hmm. I'd read a couple of the books before it came out. So yeah. like episode one, you were on board I, I knew, the show? Yeah, I wasn't shocked by Ned Stark at all. Right. I knew that stuff was happening. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And how have you found the show generally? Have you enjoyed it? Loved it. I'm such a huge Game of Thrones fan. I fucking love this show. Yeah. It's one, I mean, it's the highlight of my year when Game of Thrones comes out, as it is for many people. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, I... I don't remember about it in pre-production. I think as it was ramping up, I think I maybe like to, to mm. release in the first episode. I think I'd heard about it. I know that friends of ours had read the books and were excited about it. Um, I didn't jump on until literally, I think it was episode 10 of like the last episode of the first season. Oh, okay. So episode nine, spoiler alert, we've already done that. That <laughs> is that Ned dies in episode Did nine. you know, like, did someone tell you that there was a big twist and that's what made you start watching it? No, or? I knew specifically that, that Ned, Ned died. Okay. What what did it is there is a video, and I'm not going to repeat verbatim what this person says, but an African-American man keeps repeating that his something N-word Ned died. Ah. They killed my N-word Ned I th- I thought, over and over again. I thought again. the video was just him saying they killed my boy Ned. No, it's not. It's not uh. boy. Oh, I thought it was. Definitely the N word. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> he keeps saying it yeah. over and over. It's just a it's just it's a really entertaining video of just how wrapped up this guy was mm. in the show and yeah. that the show was able to pull the rug from under him and yeah. like he was so invested in Sean Bean's character. <laughs> as you know, I was I was interested in the show from afar because I was Sean Bean cool, Boromir is in this show and I like Sean yeah. Bean. Um, and so when they were able to kill this guy off, and it's funny, even now people keep referring to how the advertising th- campaign for Game of Thrones was so oh yeah. Sean Bean's our main character. Yeah. And then in episode nine, they go and kill him. They get you. And so that response was like, oh, I might need to check this show out. Mm. Started watching it then. And then, um, yeah, it didn't, probably took me three or four episodes. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah, was, right. was in. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the books, I've not tried reading the books. I'm shit book reader. I should well, read more the books. thing the listeners don't know is that you can't read. That's it. I'm so, completely illiterate. That's, I'm writing yeah. notes here and they're just fucking scribbles. <laughs> it's just for show. If anyone's seen Always Sunny, it's pretty much how Charlie writes, which you haven't seen, but no, haven't. people at home will get that. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I actually did try listening to the audiobooks once 
mm. and I got to it. Uh, oh, Tyrion's yeah, I, chapter, I, I and the guy, right. the guy doing the voices, gave him a leprechaun voice, and I was like, "That is nope." Also uh, known as an Irish accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 wrong. Yes, it, it's. An oh, Irish it was like accent. a Lucky Charms. That's like, exactly yeah, okay. what it's like. They're going for the idea that because he's a dwarf. Oh, my Lucky Charms. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. No, that's what they were going for. Yeah. And I, at that point, I was like, "I'm out. I can't. I cannot listen to this. That is." Atrocious. So they didn't give Cersei no or sense. Jamie. No, <laughs> they have totally normal regular voices. Oh, his voices. shorts. He <laughs> must be a leprechaun. It was that That's choice. Really I was just insane. like, I'm out. I can't. I can't listen to that yeah. because there's so many Tyrion chapters. I'm sure I can't yeah. put up with that. So I was done with that at that point. So I'm yeah. pretty much completely. A, I wonder if they've uh, released new audiobooks for someone else reading. I would love. Yeah, that would be cool. I don't mm. think they have at this stage. But they definitely should. Mm. Um. So, uh, and along with the show, though, I have kept up. I've been, I've been very into the show, like you, like really, really mm. into the show. Um, it's become, yeah, look forward to it every year when it comes out, anticipate it. We get together every week and watch it as a family, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to uh, one podcast in particular, but a couple of different podcasts at different times about Game of Thrones. Like, yep. love it. Love it to bits. Favorite season for me, I think, is season is it season four where Tyrion's on trial. I love that season I think so, so much. Look, it I can't remember. I remember everyone's like always like, oh, remember like the crazy episode nine in season whatever. I'm yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. I can't. I it's really hard for me to differentiate See, between that's the thing, them. That's the thing. I but can't I have remember. an awful memory. Like I'm known for having a terrible memory. Oh, so right. it's not because the show didn't leave an impact on me. It's just because my brain is mush. So I think season four, I think season four, because I just always remember sitting on the couch. I think it was with you and Lauren and Celeste and when the mountain crushes Oberon's head. And I will never No, I wasn't there. I was oh, watching it with my brother. Two. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> just amazing. So good. Yeah, it was. that was a great moment. I mean, not a great moment. It was. And that whole episode about Tyrion's trial was so good. Fuck, I love that season. Um, all right. Let's get into this season then. You know now that we are massive fans of this show. We are indeed. Damas, do you have a five-word summation of your thoughts on I this season? I do, I do, I do. It is low lows, a few highs. Low lows, a few highs. Okay. Mine is spectacle is a double-edged sword. Double-edged being hyphenated. I'm pretty sure double-edged is hyphenated. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is as well. Yeah. Okay. Allowed. Nice. I'll allow it. <laughs> All right. I've got I've got a lot of notes here. I'm I'm not it's, really. It's, I don't have many because we haven't been. See, if for some reason this is your first time listening to us generally we watch a season in a week yeah and so i am very when we're doing that very actively watching like i'm not a passive watcher i'm taking net notes the whole time but we've been watching this one episode a week yep and so i've just been sitting here enjoying it as a fan and haven't been taking notes i've been so. taking notes post the show right in you japan sneaky, i was in japan devil. watching it and like typing into my ipad my notes at the end of the episode. Just had something to like go over. Yeah. Just to condense my thoughts. So I've got a few different notes, but I'm still like not sure where to start here. The thing about this coming seven episodes in and having not discussed those seven, those other, sorry, seven seasons in and having discussed mm. the previous six seasons with you on the podcast, it's hard to know really where to begin here. It's so this dense. This is true. Like the, our, our experience we always with start it. from the beginning. This is the first and perhaps only time, who knows what's in the future that we're going to start towards the end of a, a series, yeah. which is very strange. So I guess I may well start with what this season's objective seems to be or what it's doing. And mm-hmm. that's that we're really steamrolling towards an ending here. Um, for the first time, I think one of the things you could say 
except for maybe season six. But a lot of the time, the show, for the longest time, a season was building up or expanding out. Mm-hmm. And so our, we start in episode one with the Starks in Winterfell and the Lannisters and the Brathians come to visit. And then everything basically, everyone starts in one place from there and basically everyone expands outwards. Mm-hmm. And it continues it's to like expand, a slow motion explosion. But pretty yeah. much. And it's been expanding, 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 expanding for the longest time. And then in the last two seasons, basically, I would say it started to really condense and it's heading back towards its finale. Mm-hmm. This season in particular was like a fucking freight, tra- freight train. It knows. Yeah. We know now, we found out before this season and, and before this season was even producing that season seven is going to be the second last season at seven episodes and season eight is going to be six episodes and the final season of the show. And so the Damon, uh, Benioff and Weiss have basically put a opinion and said, we're, we're getting it done. Mm-hmm. No more of this waiting for the books. No more of padding things out and having Danny and Maureen and Arya being shit and like all these, all these characters that we like that we just want to see them getting to their objective finally coming together and making stuff happen. Mm, and yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's really, really changed the pace of the show, to yes, say the least. Pace the... Well, the structure of the thing has yeah. completely changed. I I understand their desire to want to finish it in two seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been working on this for a really long time and it's a huge project. The the biggest project in television you could possibly imagine. So I completely sympathise with wanting to get it done. Their decision to condense the last two seasons um, is strange to me uh-huh. to do that particularly because there is so much story. There are so many moving parts mm-hmm. to then um, bring all of those things together in a short amount of time. It's just like what Benjamin says to Jon Snow. There's no, there's, there's not enough time. Mm-hmm. And like, and even that scene, it's like, there's no, there's not enough time. It's a shitty scene because there's not enough time. Like it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And so like trying to like force all these different moving parts together in such a clunky way. I think it was a mistake. I think, uh, yeah, I think it was a mistake. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I think there's good and there's bad from this. Of course. It's not like, it's not a disaster. No. (laughs) It's not the worst piece of television I've seen by a mile. Of course it's not. It's, it has, like I said, there are some highs there. There are some moments in this season that I really enjoyed as a viewer, mm-hmm. as a fan of Game of Thrones, absolutely. But there are some things that happened this season that made me go, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't believe this is happening. Particularly, you know, last week. Uh, yeah, that was – you weren't you were in Japan, so I didn't get to experience it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really upset. I was very upset. The that's the beyond the wall. That's the beyond the or wall. North of the wall, whatever it's called. The episode that basically beyond the wall, yeah, yeah. beyond the wall, mm-hmm. where John and the Magnificent Seven go north and yeah. try and capture a White Walker. Yeah. Um. Well, let's talk about that episode specifically. Then, mm-hmm. what is it about that that you found so egregious? It was I couldn't. Well, from the beginning, the simple idea this was the plan Mm -hmm. that Tyrion or the group of advisors would either think up this plan and agree unanimously that it's a good idea to send these people north to grab a white walker in order to convince Cersei Mm -hmm. of this fact. That seemed 
to me, when you look at the the episode, we get to the point where the Night King has a dragon. Mm-hmm. And then I look back at all the things that happened to get us there, mm-hmm. particularly in, in that episode and a bit of the previous episode, makes me go, the writers wanted the Night King to have a dragon and completely reverse engineered all the characters to fit into that plot. And it, it you feel it. It feels contrived. It doesn't feel um, accurate to their characters whatsoever. It's it feels really silly, and even like the dialogue is bad. All the yeah, all the kind of walking and talking moments are bad. Which is the moments I love in Game of Thrones is when people are just talking, mm-hmm. and they don't even succeed on that. So it's a it's a contrived scenario. I don't think it's executed well. The visuals are stunning. Don't get me wrong; mm. like that's very impressive. But even when you know we have those big harrowing moments of, you know, the dragon dies. I was just like, I was, it didn't even affect me. I wasn't emotionally like, oh, I'm really sad that one of Daenerys's children has died. I was like, this is fuck. This is, I can see the writers in this. And that's never been the case before on Game of Thrones. And so I was distracted the entire episode. I wasn't in it because I, yeah, I could see the story and I didn't think it was a particularly good one. The just want to go back to the details specifically of the you don't even like the plan of going north and getting the White Walker. Mm. What what's your problem with that particular plot point? Because there's there is some, I think there's some reasonable logic to that, which is helped and supported by what happens in episode seven, which is the effect the White Walker being there has on people who see it, which mm-hmm. is really holy shit. What the fuck is that? And that making them act. Now, that does not the whole story there. But something sometimes I get annoyed at things because they don't just... Like when people... This happens so often in stories where something fantastic happens and they try and explain it to someone. They're like, ah, oh, you're talking bullshit. And they don't show them or give them the obvious information that would prove that what they're talking mm-hmm. about is true. So, the idea that would go, well, let's actually just make this beyond a shadow of a doubt and do something practical and go, here is the thing we're talking about, now do you believe us? They they can't take video, they can't take photos, they've got to bring it back. I think there's some practicality in that idea that I I like. Sure, sending John and that group to go do it is absurd. Now, that's the ridiculous part. Grabbing the White Walker, sure, but you see that like we want all of those people that we care about to be there. Yeah. Therefore, we want Danny to arrive with her dragons, and therefore the Night King gets a dragon. Yeah, and that's, that's bit, what bothers me. That's the bit I hundred percent agree with. Yeah, is the you can feel the gears turning, and we've talked about this before at times with shows. I've talked about it with Breaking Bad a little bit, and it tends to be the more ambitious shows that you can talk about this sort of stuff, where you start to talk about coincidence or um, things that are convenient for the sake of plot. Mm-hmm. It, Breaking Bad never got this ridiculous, I might add. Not even close, I don't think. I think of like how Ozymandias happens, and that is, apart from the neo-Nazis essentially that are in that, sorry, the alt-right voters that are in that (laughs) episode, uh, which suddenly is way more plausible than it's ever been before, by the way. Breaking Bad was ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, Well, they wouldn't be the bad guys, would they? That's true, yeah. Um, They just refuse to be erased from their own country. That's all, bro. It's about free speech. That's right. It's just about, about, you know, their culture is being erased. (laughs) <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, the I've almost forgotten my point here. 
Breaking Bad never got that ridiculous. Yeah, never got that ridiculous. But you're 100% right that you can just feel... This is the problem, is the, the show for the longest time... People, I think, of times have maybe had episodes they thought were boring because it was just a bunch of people talking. But the truth was that that was ultimately what the show was amazing at. At getting two people in a room and you going, that was a fucking great scene. Because mm-hmm. there was great conversation happening. The things that were being said, the things that weren't being said. Yes. The the tension that was in those moments, the political scheming and and um, power plays and stuff like mm-hmm. that are such a huge part of this show. So when it all starts being boiled down to what resembles very closely a dumb Hollywood action film, Mm -hmm. then you feel it. And it just doesn't feel... It's lost its sophistication in an episode like that And I think not quite to this extent, but it's a similar problem when we had Ramsey Bolton, which was it was just kind of this horror show, this horrific thing. And when those scenes with Ramsey and Sansa and Theon, it wasn't about oh, what is that person thinking? What is that person's motive? Like, where, like, am I seeing the real person? Like, what's underlying this scene? And, like, you, like, seeing other people's motives and those things clashing and coming together and really fantastic dialogue and intrigue and political intrigue. Um, but when it came to Ramsey, it was just like, well, he's the bad guy. Well, that was ultimately the problem with him is that we had well and truly established what an awful fucking piece of shit he had He had no was. limits. He will do anything. And we so get when, it. when they kept showing it, it... it just and it kept getting more and more egregious. It's like, yeah, I, you can't shock me with this anymore. I know Ramsey is capable of this sort of monstrosities, mm. and that was it. Just kept going on and on and on, which was funnily enough. I think there's you could. I think there's a lot to be said about the brevity of this season being seven episodes and trying to condense things causes a lot of problems. But before that, the worst thing the show was doing was it kept just putting out characters in holding patterns and not going anywhere with them. Mm-hmm. Ramsey Bolton was one yeah. of those. Aya was one of those. Danny was one of those. John was one of those. And they just kept having them going around in circles mm-hmm. um, and not gain anything. That is true. I think that is, that is something that in being shocked by the changes in this season, I think I forgot a little bit how frustrating previous seasons had there are had, whole had seasons of Danny because and of Aya the yeah because of the exact opposite thing that's that's a thing. great point that I think um, just in the shock of being like oh what is happening to my favorite show that I I think I had forgotten that a little bit and I, like and yeah I'm not sure one is better than the other that maybe because ultimately at least in those scenarios you had other things happening around you that were still pulling you through. There mm-hmm. were other storylines that were going on. And you didn't have that ticking clock behind you being like, we're running out of time. Well, like, it better be good because we're running out of time. I, I think, and I've been, I said this last season, actually, in season five, that I, that I thought there were a few things that were happening there that really frustrated season the Season six? Season six, sorry. Yeah. That frustrated the fuck out of me mm-hmm. because you could feel they were trying to get the show to a place. They were trying to get John into Winterfell and to become King of the North. And you were trying to get Daenerys to finally get herself out of Essos and into Westeros mm-hmm. because they knew that's where they needed to go. And I think they were frustrated. I... I Part of me, we had this conversation a couple uh, after I'd watched episode six, <clears throat> after I just got back from Japan. Yeah. Um. So it's a little bit of a repeat of that, but people who listen to the podcast haven't heard it. I think I'm a maybe I don't know. I, I th- I'm putting up a little bit of a defense for the creators here because I really think they've been put in a tough situation mm-hmm. where they were doing their best to be faithful to books. They had faith 
they, they were going to get more material. They stretched the material they had as long as they could. Mm-hmm. There is not more coming in any time that's going to actually work for them. And they are going, well, fuck it. We're going to give this thing an ending because we don't know if anyone else is. And they've probably at this stage, eight, they're going to be eight seasons by the end of this, want to get out. And I'm, not, I'm not saying that's the best reason or the best excuse for some of the choices that are being made. But I think after stretching this thing out as long as they have, they're just like, we just need to get this done now. This We can't keep doing this. We can't keep going at this pace. Mm. We need to get these characters. Because, I don't know, eventually people's attention was going to wear out too. I don't know. Yeah, look, I like I said earlier, I genuinely like sympathize with them like wanting to get it done. To- like com- I completely agree with that. Though, however, I think having under like having taken on creating Game of Thrones, having uh, and I realize now they don't have the material that they once did in the early seasons absolutely. But the um, complexity of this story really important mm-hmm. and allowing those to play out and not play out for another 10 seasons of course not that's absurd mm. it's not it's not sustainable to do that and I would never expect them to do that however I think there is a balance to be found I think if perhaps they had maybe three seasons this one and two more I mean, 10 uh, episodes would have helped too. Yeah. And, yeah. And for them to be, you know, 10 episodes to kind of like move those things into place, I think would have been a great like service for the story and for the people watching. Because at the moment it, it feels so rushed and I think it is falling into convention in the way that Game of Thrones never has and is a little disheartening for the people who have invested in this show because what I think has really grabbed people is a subversion of expectation and to completely at, at the final step of this story to no longer do that, to fall into convention, that's that's confusing and I think I'm, I'm certainly confused by it and a little worried about it um, and I, I'm sure a lot of other people are as well. That are, yeah, I 100% agree with that as well. That is one of the biggest things that have come out of this season. The, the way that shows suffering is it is becoming much more predictable and much more conventional. People, there seems to be far less uh, jeopardy than there's ever been. Mm-hmm. It's funny because the White Walkers are on our doorstep and yet I don't feel like that anyone's killable. No. You talked earlier about how everyone survived the Dragon Raid on the Lannister Forces. I can't believe that. And that is... Yeah, our main characters were not victims of that at all. Anyone who has died this season has died purely rather than... So, say in previous seasons, characters often die and the reason it's unexpected is because it completely throws a spanner in the works. Mm. It completely fucks with what we expect is going to happen. Ned dies, that's unexpected because he's meant to be our main character. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was a setup because Rob's really the main guy. No, he dies in season three. Him and Kat die. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Am, what is this? I don't know what's going to happen anymore. And so now when the only characters are dying are the ones that are just getting in the way of the plot anyway. Elena dies. The Sand Snakes are shit. Um, <laughs> the, was Barrick Dundarian, whatever his name is. Whatever his name is. Or, yeah. or the other guy. I can't remember. It's one of the two, but the, the 
essentially the white mage priest guy. Yeah. If you if you'd lined up those seven characters going into the north and said which one's going to die, I'd say the priest, the drunk priest, yeah. would be my number one guess. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was the one that died yeah. because it was the most obvious and most conventional. I was like, oh, the two extras that I've never met before. Yeah, no, the, oh yeah, the red shirts were always <laughs> going shirts, to die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. then even this episode, and this is. I'm trying to think of a single shock this season, apart from maybe the dragon dying, though I would argue that it becoming a White Walker was always going to happen. That I, was super I agree predictable. With that. I agree with that. I can't think of a single thing that shocked me this season. No, I can't think of anything. Zero, either. zero shocks. Elena's death was sad. Yeah, I remember being like, for Elena's death, being like, damn, that was awesome. Yeah. The way she went out, I'm like, fuck, that was cool. I had many moments where I was like, fuck, that was cool. Sure, lots of but cool. But yeah, I didn't have those. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Like being unsettled, which I've consistently been in previous seasons. And I don't always need like, I don't want them to do that for that sake, for them just to be like, oh, how are we going to shock people? How are we going to shock people? That's not what I'm after. No, no, of course not. What I want is a sense of reality in which no one is more special than the next person Mm. anyone can die Mm. and that's the important thing it's like i don't want death for shock for the shock value of it at all that it's absolutely for anyone can die this is a real world scenario anything can happen and that's not what we got this season no i you know what it may not have happened ever since john's come back from the dead i agree with that it's kind of a massive turning point because that's the He's not the first person to come back from the dead, but he's the first main character to come from, back from the dead mm-hmm. and it'd be fine. He's the one, he's that one Stark that you're like, oh, not another Stark that's died. Oh, no. He has to come back because he's the main the fucking character. One. He's the chosen one, yep. which is one of the conventions of the show. While there is this prophecy of the chosen one in there, had kind of avoided Well, that's tropes. what I've kind of always liked about Game of Thrones is like there is like, yeah, the prophecy of like the chosen one and all that stuff. But you never really know if it's true or not or if mm. it's just bullshit. And like you don't feel completely cemented to that. It's a nice idea. But once again, it might subvert it. You know what I mean? Like you never you never really know. But as soon as John came back, I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's actually even before that because I knew John was going to come back because oh, I was well. like, well, he's, I of think. Of course. He's, I was. They're not going to get sure rid of Kit Harrington. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the, I was like, story, the thing was, it yeah. it made they built up his importance so much yeah, they had, yeah. that he actually couldn't die. Yeah, it was impossible for him to die at that point. It didn't make sense. Plus, they'd set up a ways for him to come back from the dead, like Melisandre mm. being at the wall. I was yeah. like, uh, I, I was like, yeah, well, he's coming back because Melisandre's going to bring him back to life. Yeah, it's just it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so not for a second did I think that was a problem. I don't know. Maybe it was always built into the show that, or into this story that it had to happen though. A realization I came to tonight just watching the show is that mm. the White Walkers have been this looming threat for the longest time. And so every season, especially the first four or five seasons, ended with like the White Walkers are coming, they're the White coming. Walkers are coming, but yeah. never really getting to that point. Mm-hmm. But now that they're here, there's so many fantasy elements in this show now. It's gone from being a realistic political intrigue drama mm, to being a pol- politics, yeah. Yeah, to being a fantasy epic. And so if it's falling into those conventions because maybe it was always going to and had to, like what else are you meant to do when there are you can't have political dialogue between mute ice zombies <laughs> and you don't know that. They might know sign language. Oh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If the final battle is like Tyrion having like a debate with the Night King, I'll be fucking about, into like, that. About like future tax policy? Yeah, Shit, that'd be great. yes. <laughs> about why his 
whites only policy is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that scene. That's great. Yeah, so speaking about how Game of Thrones has so many, like so many elements of fantasy, and George or George R. R. Martin, who is a huge fan of Tolkien, mm. um, he he has this he has this amazing quote, which is exactly what we were talking about then about like how do you combine those elements of you know I have a dragon and also like how are the people we ruling gonna live? And the quote is. Ruling is hard. This was maybe my answer to Tolkien, whom, as much as I admire him, I do quibble with. Lord of the Rings had a very medieval philosophy that if the king was a good man, the land would prosper. We look at real history and it's not that simple. Tolkien can say that Aragorn became king and reigned for a hundred years and he was wise and good, but Tolkien doesn't ask the question, what was Aragorn's tax policy? Did he, did he maintain a standing army? What did he do in times of flood and famine? And what about all these orcs? By the end of the war, Sauron is gone, but all of the orcs aren't gone. They're in the mountains. Did Aragorn pursue a policy of systematic genocide and kill them? Even the little baby orcs in their little orc cradles? So he's, he's obviously like merging elements of fantasy into his kind of medieval political drama. So I'm. I mean, it's hard to say because he he hasn't got to the point where he's actually merged them properly. That's it. Yeah. So it makes you wonder if he's struggling yeah, with that problem exactly. too, and maybe that's the reason. So the books aren't yeah, Wise and Benioff, like they're having to handle that. Yeah. And I, I, as much as I can be critical of the way it's being handled, I don't know how I would handle it. I don't know either. And we had a discussion. The we had this discussion earlier in the week. One of the things we talked about is how the writing is, seems to have suffered. Mm. And I was like, well, they don't have this massive wealth of material to adapt from anymore. They haven't come up with their own shoulders. Mm -hmm. I think your point was like, HBO has more money than God. Hire some fucking writers who can do what George R. R. Martin does. I just don't know if it's that simple. I just, it's, well, there's so much going on I here. I also think you simplified my argument. I did, I definitely so. <laughs> did. Well, that's why I said it to you to defend yourself on that. Um, what I said was, because as we've mentioned earlier, Game of Thrones is at its best when it's two people talking in a room. Mm-hmm. Give me more of that. That's what I love. And so That's and why the finale was better than Yeah, absolutely. Because this was after episode episode six. It was, it was after episode, the, episode six, the, which had some of the worst dialogue in Game of Thrones. Well, definitely worst dialogue dialogue in Game of Thrones history, in which I was like, I don't think that they have it in them to write the dialogue that they need to push this over the line, to make these... If you're going to have these big, crazy scenarios, fuck, you better make those scenes in between your big spectacles really fucking good and interesting. Mm -hmm. And they were not bringing the dialogue. They were not bringing the character. And so I was like, they've got all the money in the world, hire people who can do that because it doesn't seem like they could. And I'm still not entirely convinced that they can. I mean, it's obviously better this with the finale episode, but it's certainly not to the levels that... I think half the problem they have is they just have, again, this seven-episode thing has limited the time they have to do this stuff. Mm. They... I don't know whether the show has built up an expectation that needs to be But they've got plenty spectacle. of scenes this season with people talking, but it's bad. Those scenes but, are bad. But are those scenes longer than 30 seconds at a time? Because we talked about the walk and talk that we've had this season. You can season. have a good, a well-written... Seeing that last 30 seconds. I, yeah, maybe. I don't think you could have... I don't think even... I don't think you can have a satisfying scene between two people who have a lot of history. That's the thing. These scenes seem to just be like, okay, we've got all these characters here because we want them here. Mm. A lot of them have got to 
actually a lot of stuff going on. This guy tried to kill this guy at one stage or they've had a massive fight or there's a lot of reasons these two should hate each other or they know each other, each other's parents from way back when. We'll just, we need to make sure that they reference that. Let's get that all out of the way before we get to the spectacle part. So that's the other part mm. is at some stage along the way, the show seems to have decided or think that it needs to achieve this level of spectacle that we mm. are expecting it to and like it's built up it's famous for its episode 9s and stuff like yeah. that and a couple of episode 8s and and big dramatic exciting action filled moments which have only escalated as the show's gone on but I don't know. It, it seems to think that's part of its identity now. I'm not sure it is. Well, that's the thing. It's, would, it's certainly would, not for me. I That's not why I watched this show. And I remember having saying that to you the other day. I was like, that's like, I'm not in it for the spectacle yeah. at all. And you and I might feel that way. I don't know about the other well, 9 million people that watched it. This tonight. has been, I don't know how closely you've been paying to social media over the last week or so, but there is not a, much. I've been trying to avoid stuff. Being yeah. a huge division between people who are similar to us, are critical of where the show's gone this mm. season, and people who are just like, "That was fucking awesome." What are you talking about? Yeah. Who look at the spectacle of season episode six and just go, "That was fucking amazing." Like, what? How can you be so down this show when that amazing thing is happening? And I, I don't know. I kind of sympathize with both sides there because as much as I don't think the show needs to have the spectacle, I think I would still love the show if it didn't. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, one of my favorite scenes, action scenes, is just Oberon and the mountain fight. Mm. I love that. That scene is incredible. And it's kind of a dorky scene, but the ending of that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like... um. It's just so much is on the line there. It's so... Yeah. but And that's the thing is like, while it is, you know, it can be seen as dorky when Oberon is like repeating himself and like, because we've seen that scene before. Yeah. But then when it flips, we, it does that subversion, which Game of Thrones is known for. That's when it gets fucking incredible. Yeah. That's what makes that scene. And, and what's on the line there? Like of we co- know of that, course, because like- Tyrion is on the line and like Cersei's just kind of sitting there and you know, mountains her man and all yep. that jazz and like And what the mountain did to Oberon's sister yeah. and like the whole thing. The layers and layers and layers there, which is fantastic. And it's far more interesting to me than a dragon being speared in the chest and then drowning. And it will always be more interesting to me. On the defense of the spectacle I, you hate dragons and you want them to die. I get it, Brod. No, on the defense. You've been sp- very anti-dragon the entire time I've known you. It's fine. Ever since Smaug. <laughs> it's all his fault. The What about Toothless? No, you're right. You're actually a good point. You know. There's exceptions to the rules. Mm. Um the the spec like I have been very impressed with what the show, especially as a TV show, has been able to do. As a visual medium as a spectacle, mm-hmm. we've never seen the things that this show has done on TV before. The last season, the Battle of the Bastards, mm. I think there were some bad character motivations in there. There's some dumb choices made oh, by yes. characters. But fucking hell, that episode is incredible. Mm-hmm. Purely from a, I think it is one of the best battle army scenes of anything I've ever seen, including cinema. Mm-hmm. It, it rivals Lord of the Rings. And that wow. is fucking impressive. Yeah, that's a big, there are uh, shots. There are shots in that episode. Yeah, that are I I rewatch because mm. they're so impressive. And like, I just feel like want to 
to be known that I am not anti-spectacle. No, like no, the no. episode of Spoils of War with, you know, Daenerys coming in with That was the my Doth- follow-up one. That the, is the Dothraki so good. and the dragon just blowing up shit. That's fucking awesome. I was having so much fun watching. So much fun. I was literally in tears. I was giddy. I was like, the Dothraki are so fucking cool. This is I like this is the first time I've really seen them fight. Like the way Dothraki fight. So amazing. I loved every goddamn second of it. And at the, when that episode finished, I was like, because I watched it with my girlfriend, I was like, I, th- I think that's 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 got to be the best episode of the season. It's got to be. It's got to be. And she's like, no, I think like um, the Queen's Justice, like the previous episode is better. I was like, mm, no, no, because I was so hyped up about it. Yeah. And then when like researching for our little talk tonight, I was like, no, the Queen's Justice is a better episode, but Gosh darn, that spectacle got me and it made me super duper happy. Yeah. I was watching that on a little iPad mini oh, on the plane. Oh, buddy. And I was literally in tears. I was so fucking into that scene. Yeah. It was, it was so good. It was so much payoff, which is the other thing that I think this season has been able to do mm. that other seasons which have been meandering around for ages and trying to avoid getting twinned mm-hmm. in haven't been able to do is fucking payoff. Yeah. Seeing the Dothraki fight the Lannisters and the dragons come in and blow the fucking Lannister armies away. Yeah. And is seeing Tyr- seven seasons of build up yeah. to that. And Tyrion's tension as he's like turned against his family and Jamie's there and like and Bronn's there. Like that's a huge conflict. Do I think Bronn should have died? Absolutely. Yeah, he should have at that point. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I love Should Bronn, Jamie have been captured? Absolutely. But anyway. Jamie's been captured. We did that in season two. Yeah, well he's well, what are they? Well, they can't kill him apparently. So he's got stuff. He's to just going to get away. But this is the problem. The show's becoming predictable because we're getting to the ending. We also know what has to happen. It's like there are certain machinations that have to happen now. Mm. Um, it's but I don't know. I, I guess that was the, the the one defense I have. As much as this season has rushed, as much as distance no longer matters. Apparently, as much as I think. It's very easy to look and go, well, they're not actually just going from one place to another instantaneously. There is time taking place in between them. The show has been so methodical Mm. previously that that distance has felt like it actually mattered and now it suddenly doesn't, which affects how you interpret the show. Mm -hmm. It has been good to see us tying off some lots of loose ends. Almost too many. It's almost so many that's actually getting a bit ridiculous. I hate that Gendry came back. Gendry Gendry coming back the way he did. It was like, like... Sure, it would have been like nice to see him, but now that he's back, I was like, "Oh, I really did not need to see you." Well, it's yeah, it's like, why are you here? <laughs> the show had two choices. It was just right? like winky, winky at the camera. Yeah, the, the show had two choices. It could either choose to not tie off its loose ends and forever be known as like, oh, what about like Lost is? What about all these things that weren't ever explained or never we never went back? No, to? No, but with Gendry, like. We like didn't have to know what happened to him. No, I, Did he live or die? It doesn't matter well, because the world is so big. We don't all have to know each other every single moment of our lives. It's funny because it's an incredibly fourth wall breaking meta line mm. that Davos says, where it's like, I thought, I thought you, you might still, still be rowing, rowing yeah. which was the internet joke. That, that's what I meant by winky winky. Yeah, yeah the that's, the, that's the rubbish bit, right? And this is actually, for me, of all the writing things, some of it's really on the nose, either references back to season one in particular, mm. or it's like refer- knowing fan servicey references are the bits that frustrate me the most. Mm-hmm. The, it, it's, 
it's not just not being able to write the characters, it's getting kind of cheeky and silly and mm. way too aware of itself, of its existence as a show in some of the writing. That yes. frustrates me. Yeah, of course, because that takes you out of it. Yeah. And I'm not watching this crazy world of Game of Thrones to be like conscious of my own world and like the zeitgeist of Game of Thrones. Yeah. I just want to be in the story. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think there's something to be said for the payoff that has come this season that we're actually getting some of these moments been waiting seven seasons for. That's very... I'm all about payoff. Yep. I'm just like, my concern is how we get to that payoff. No, I'm just trying to think of the positives okay. here right, for a second. Right. I think the, the momentum we have... While but I think like, but the way you're positing that is saying the people on the other side don't want those things. No, of I'm not. Of course they want those things. No, 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 I'm not. And this is the thing. I'm, I sit on both sides of this fence. And the idea that anybody, and this is crazy, I've watched two people who I admire a lot be torn to shreds by people who can't handle that they have negative things to say about the show. That there are some people who are so into this, so happy with where the show's at, mm. that any negative criticism is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, right. And vice versa, though. Yeah. People, I don't know. It's uh, it's uh, it's hard to explain, but I, I understand both sides because I think you can both be critical of it and think this may be the worst season of the show ever and still mm-hmm. be enjoying the show and know that it's one of the best shows on television slash ever made. Mm. But yeah, I mean, even if you aren't able to enjoy this show this season for whatever reason, it's just like not up to your standard, that's fine. Just don't shit on people that do. I think is the... I don't know if anyone's doing that. It's funny, I think... Then, like, wh- why are you telling people that they can't not like it then? I'm not saying they can't not like it. I'm saying, of course they can not like it. I'm saying, just don't be surprised if people can be critical of it and like it. Like, right. it's this idea that you're either one or the other. Mm. And maybe you maybe you are one or the other, but that you must be one or the other, which is incredibly frustrating and ridiculous. And if we're getting to that stage with Game of Thrones, then it's... I mean, it is the most popular thing since God, mm. as we said earlier. It's unfortunately this is often what happens with these fandoms. It used it just to be polarizes that, people. Yeah. It used to be that it was the book readers who were being snobby about the show for getting this detail wrong or that one wrong. And the <laughs> show people were like, ah, just go with the flow. And now we're all in this new world where no one knows what the fuck is happening mm. anymore. Um, it's a whole new ball game where it's either you love it or you're a fucking traitor. Apparently. Oh, okay. It's, so people are hating on people who do love it then. If you're a traitor. No, other way around, oh, generally. It's okay. more the people who hate it are the ones who are the traitors. No, sorry, yeah. If you if you are dissing this season, you're oh, the traitor. Oh, I see. I see yeah, what you're saying. The negative people, particularly people who have a voice, like have podcasts and stuff mm. like that, are apparently either nitpicking or just need to fucking just love it because it's awesome. I just Again, I'm generalizing here. Yeah, I mean, this fandom is all about nitpicking. It's like looking is, at the minutiae of thing. every single thing. If you've it's been such a nerdy like fandom that like that's, exactly that's what we do- this is this is what we are. So I don't know this is how thing. you can be like, "No, we just take it as a whole and we don't look at it very closely." Like, well, no, then you're outside the fandom if that's the case. Then you're just a passive viewer. Sorry, but this is what we do and this is what we've always done. There was this beautiful thing during like the middle of the, sh- the, the run of the show where book readers knew so much mm. and they were using code to not get... <laughs> so people didn't understand what they were talking about. Mm. The concept of the Red Wedding was something we didn't really know what that meant. Mm. If you heard that, you were unlucky, but you still I never heard spoiled. the words Red Wedding. The whole idea of J plus... Oh, uh, sorry. L plus R equals J. J and stuff like that mm. was code for a theory that's been going around since before the show started airing. Yeah. 
that has since been confirmed on the show to be true. Mm-hmm. It's a such it's a show <laughs> all about detail. Yeah. And it's a big fat nerdy series of books, guys. <laughs> and it's a big fat nerdy show for the longest, longest time. And it's, it's got only big recently fat nerds that watch it. Yeah. So this is the result. Yeah. yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, yes, I was trying to just mount a slight case for what I think is... <laughs> is I want to mount the case for what's been good about this season first. Or yes. at some stage. I want to make sure that isn't... I don't know. Sometimes yeah, I think... I mean, I have a special section in my notes of like things I really enjoy. Go on. Because I, I wanted there. to... So, the very top of the season... Are you killing the phrase? Oh, that was amazing. Fucking dope. It was so cool. It was a great opening. And satisfying. And a statement, I think. Like, I look at that, I look back at that scene now and go, they were really trying to set a tone for what we should expect from this season. They open with a massive bang. Mm. It's like things are going to happen. Big things are going to happen. They're going to happen quick. That's a good point. I hadn't really thought about that, but yes, accurate. Uh, Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, please. With things I enjoy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I enjoyed the beginnings of Sansa this season. In which this a quote she says to Littlefinger, R.I.P. Uh, hmm. No need to seize the last word, Lord Baelish. I'll assume it was something clever. But that agreed. But don't you think that we were getting a bit worried towards well, the end this, of this season? Yeah. Let's have it known. I wrote these notes before we watched sure, the last sure, episode. Sure. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. Go on with your thought. That I remember I seized on that moment and was like, yeah, That's, Santa gets Littlefinger. She's yeah. playing Littlefinger. That's, she I've, sees you. She sees you, sir. And yeah. I've always known. In my mind, it was always obvious that Sansa had to be the one to get the best little finger mm-hmm. because he was his, she was his one weakness. She yes. was his one mm-hmm. blind spot. I'm really glad that that's exactly what happened in terms of the result is right, that Sansa was the one that outsmarted him. Even that Arya was ultimately the one that killed him because he had her on her list, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure Littlefinger's on Arya's oh, list. Okay. So there was this like, you want both of them to get, to get him and they kind of did in the mm-hmm. end. However, the machinations of getting there, clunky as motherfucker. Yeah, I had real issues with the Arya and Sansa storyline, but we can get into that later. Let's focus on the things I really enjoyed. Uh, John and Danny's first meeting in the throne room was so good. Mm -hmm. Perfect character there coming together. Uh, Elena and Jamie talk at Highgarden. That was a real high point for me, that scene. So good. And as we spoke about before, was the field of fire. The scene with the dragons and the Dothraki and all that. So good. Oh, yeah. What about in the last episode? What did you enjoy? Because I don't know if you've written notes for that or not. I, I haven't written notes because um, we were in the same room and you probably saw that I wasn't writing notes. I was writing notes. So <laughs> I, I only noticed when I turned around because I was sitting in front of you. And I was like, oh, he's got his computer. 
fucking asshole. <laughs> um, look, I was pretty happy with the finale. I mean, it certainly wasn't perfect, but I mean, I was so heartbroken after the second last episode. I was really worried. But as we've said, two people talking in a room, that's my jam. And there was a bit of, it was just people talking, which I liked. Yeah. I liked that. Seeing these people come together, seeing Cersei see a White Walker, seeing her kind of shit her pants that a bit. That was awesome. That was really well done. I was Lena, Lena Hetty was great. Great, 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 great. And that made me actually go, oh, it was a good idea. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which is like shocking to me because that is not where I was before. Um, so I'm not saying the lead up necessarily earned that, but at yeah. least at least the um, that the culmination, that's the story, the high point of that story. I was like, okay, yeah, no, fair enough. Um that was cool. Obviously, the scene with Tyrion and Cersei together. I was like, oh, I'm really glad I get to see this. That was great. Those two together, that means a lot they acted to the see that. They shit out of that scene and it was but so yes, good. Did. That was great to see. I love... I'm still not convinced she didn't. She wouldn't have actually killed him in that scenario, but it was yeah, a I'm very good Yeah, I'm shocked that she didn't. Yeah. Um, he can't die yet. No, not yet. Uh, Brienne and Ham was... It was one of those scenes, because we've talked about that, the expository... Walk we, and talk. We know each other. I know you from this. You know me from that. Um, this is our history. We're cool. High five. Walk, continue it's to walk It's literally off. three or four of them in a row, and it happened <laughs> two episodes in a row. And yeah. it's like, oh, this is getting egregious, But guys. I actually like Brienne and the Hound in that. I think they did a pretty good job I don't even that. think they were all bad in the last one. It's just that it kept... Eh, it I was thought a, they were all pretty it bad. It was a pattern. <laughs> it was just so yeah. obvious. And because that's kind of all it was. It was it like, was, until we get to the White Walker, we're doing this. It's yeah. Like, oh, we've, got meh, the, meh, we've, meh. we've got this thing coming up. Mm. Now's our only chance for them to have this conversation because it's all the time we're going to give them. So we've got to have these conversations now because if we don't, it's going to feel awkward that they're not talking. Mm. There's so much tension that needs to be addressed here. So let's, I guess we'll just do it now. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was Two excited by the prospect of Beyond the Wall because I thought it was going to be like a heist film in which we have this like ragtag team come together and they spend time together and we have great dialogue scenes until we get to the, you know, the, the ending where they get the White Walker. Obviously, that was just my random expectation, but mm. we didn't get that. We didn't get any great bonding or dialogue scenes at all, so I was really disappointed. Um, yeah, you're right. They, uh, yeah. they, for all the things comparing it to a blockbuster film, they did a very poor job of actually incorporating the emotion or the story into yes. it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, no, that's Not literally yet. the end of my. Oh no, I was talking about things that I liked in the last episode, wasn't I? Um, you talk about yours because, like, I kind of I'm drawing a blank just because it just happened. The has, positives. Yeah, the positives of the finale. Uh, definitely the Cersei and Tyrion scene in particular. The scene with, although the the build up to me really gave me the shits that walking and talking bit. The actual machinations of the like the the council scene sort of thing. I with liked the White it. Walker. I did ultimately as well. I d- yeah, I thought it was what do you think interesting. You- I loved Cersei's like little like we've been waiting quite a while. Like the passive aggressive yeah. kind of bitch thing, which I love about Cersei. Um, yeah, sorry, were you going to ask me a question? I was just thinking, what did you think about the fake out with the hound and the white walker in the box? Like, did you expect that maybe it like stopped or melted or something no, like that? No, I knew it was going to be in there because I was like, well, what are they going to do if it's not? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. how are they going to go? From- so I knew it was going to be in there. I was just kind of like slowly like recoil- recoiling because I was ready for like a jump scare. Yeah. But that didn't happen, thankfully. Um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't buy that for a second that it- anything bad was going to happen to the white walker. Yeah, I think that was the main stuff. Um, I'm uh, 
I'm liking where Cersei and Jamie are at right now as well. Mm-hmm. About um, fucking time. Well, I thought they've sort of been here and walked away from it a couple of times. Yeah, that's what was frustrating was yeah. they get to that point and but then they still like stay like, together. Yeah, stay together. It's just like, oh come on. So to finally see Jamie walk off, I'm like, thank fucking goodness. And I'm glad it was Brienne, Brienne who was like, Brienne. yeah, I'm glad it was Brienne who's like, fuck oh, like loyalty. This is like, this is some real shit, man. Yeah. Just come and join me and like, we can be buds. Which only shitted me a little bit more because John had just been a fucking idiot with his not, with his oath bullshit and oh, not being able to tell a lie John, for a second. John, 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 John. Though I did appreciate, again, it did feel a little bit fourth wally, very meta for him to say, you might compare me to uh, my father my and father. blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. That's yeah. what everyone's yeah, going you, to do. You, you in the audience were like, could yes, you, John. Could you please fucking learn <laughs> one of you? Yeah. Um, but I thought like he mounted a reasonable case for why that's important. And I was like, oh, yeah, I believe that's John's perspective on this stuff. Yeah. Beyond no, that. I mean, he, yeah. Like a friend of ours that said it when we we're watching, it's like, it wouldn't be John if he did anything about that, you know, that's, that's who he is. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think anything else that really stood out from that episode. It was, it was a solid episode. Mm. It certainly didn't, it didn't shock me with its quality. Yeah. Or what the me. fuck do you think Cersei is doing? Like, I don't understand her end game here. Like, what is she doing? Her end game, I think, is what she explained to Jamie, which is like... It's just dumb. That's why I'm frustrated with it. I think... Like, not as in like, the I, right, like she is a dumb person. I'm confused. I think there's two things going on here. For a while, it seemed like Cersei didn't really... Ever since her kids died, I wasn't sure she really cared about living that much more. Mm. It was more about like controlling and having as much power as she can. But if she were to die, I don't think she'd really give a shit because I think she's pretty hollow inside. The whole pregnancy thing, we... It, confuses me i don't like it i'm i'm confused because she's using it which makes me think that she's not really pregnant yeah but i don't want to assume that because a lot of people thought that sansa's pregnant with ramsey's baby and that was the worst theory ever and was yuck yuck Mm. and gross Mm. but the way she uses it like this whole thing where Tyrion goes you're pregnant aren't you because she placed her hand on her belly i was like that could very easily be a Cersei move. He mm. just talked about how much it cut him up that Tommen and Marcella had died. Yeah. He he was being 100% honest and she's aware of his love for the kids and she's using that against him. Yeah. I think... I if, if I tell you what, if she... Well, in that scene, I didn't think... I couldn't sit, really see how she was using it against him. It was more him... She used it to get him to trust whatever she said next. Right. I thought it was more of he then used that to convince her that, you know, there should probably be a, a world that exists in order for the kids to survive. Right. Except that, and that is true until we find out that she's actually using it to betray them. Yeah. So she ended up manipulating him, not the other way around. So yeah. she used that, knowing that he'd take the bait, did. And then she's got thinks she has the upper hand because mm. she's not going to actually send the Lannister forces. The problem, well, I, this so, is the, but this is the yeah. problem though. If she actually is pregnant, her whole thing about how she it's important to her that they go on living doesn't make sense anymore. If, sorry, but but she's not seeing the Lannister forces. Then I'm like, I don't know what. I, that's the thing. I don't know anymore. Yeah. Unless because I initially did think that she was bluffing. I thought she was making it up to be manipulative towards Jamie. This is when she first told him that she was pregnant. But then I like kept reading online that. You know, Kyburn was seen in that he was episode being like, oh, so I was like, oh, I, I, I guess we're all accepting that she's pregnant. Okay, well, whatever. So I just kind of went along with it. 
He because he was in that scene, but it doesn't have to be that, that he was talking about that. He was just yeah. there, they were whispering to each other. And Jamie but I goes, think there's what like there was a scene in which you hear him actually say um, something to her that is indicative of her being pregnant. We just watched Sansa and. Aya pull off the worst scam of all time where they oh. just had conversations with each other in a room because that was part of fucking over Littlefinger. Do we want to talk about that? But it's just like, it's the <laughs> same mechanism though. Mm. If they played a ruse on Littlefinger by having fake arguments in rooms by themselves, why couldn't Cersei and, yeah, and Kyber totally. be doing the same thing? I've this... got no reason to, to trust that. All right, let's talk about Sansa and Aya. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, it's it's very interesting. <laughs> That in order to fool someone within the story, you then create a way to fool them, which is really frustrating and annoying narrative for the viewer to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No one was enjoying that. Everyone was acting like idiots. Sansa and and Arya are acting like fuckheads. And I wasn't on board with anybody. So I in particular. Yeah. Because either I feel like if you're going to do the thing where like the audience isn't in on it, you need to make it super fucking believable. Yeah. This is the problem, right? But is it's that- not. So it's confusing. It feels like bad writing as opposed to it was bad a, writing. a character Because I think I know what choice. they were trying to go for mm. here. You've got two things. You've got this idea that Littlefinger has been whispering in Sansa's ear and making her actually desire power. And you've got this idea that maybe Arya is not really quite human anymore. She's so far of the deep end as a killer that maybe she is capable of killing Sansa, right? Mm. And that's the fear they're playing on, that these characters have unfortunately turned slightly towards the dark side and that's going to ultimately end the two of them. Yeah. I understand that, but it was the execution was horrific. So bad. Horrific. So bad. I don't think it was performances. I literally just think it was writing not just from a dialogue perspective but from actually the mechanics of it because when it ends with this whole gotcha little finger you're the one i'm accusing <laughs> of murder punked. it's like what i don't understand is at what point did sansa come to this conclusion and mm-hmm. was it just after her his whole thing about i want to play a game about how I assume every, what's the worst possible reason to do things? Was it at that point or was it earlier? And if it was earlier when you were pulling a ruse with Aya and you weren't actually fighting, you were putting on a show, why not just fucking do it then? What did you achieve by making Littlefinger think you were going <laughs> to hurt each other? Think he was, yeah. I'm not really sure. I don't know Just either. the smug factor? The end where you're like, <laughs> what, did, what were you achieving as characters? <laughs> I'm looking at you blankly because I don't know what this was. Am I missing a plot I'm so there? confused about when it when it started. I just what I, was the catalyst for it beginning? Where, what at what point did they gather enough evidence or information from Bran even to be like this is what's up? I think the only information they got from Bran was that he told Ned that you should he shouldn't have trusted him. That's the only line. Yeah, right. Everything else came from someone in the room. Right. Him. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it just, it was, I tell you what, it was one of two things going to happen here. As this went on, it was either, either this is a massive ruse, in which case it was really shitly done, or this is actually happening, in which case this is shit. These characters are shit. Sansa's learned nothing. Arya's shit. Everyone's shit. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Sansa looked so bad. 
And Aya was an was not a human. Aya being. seemed dumb. And Aya She's seemed, like, why are you falling for this? Yeah. Why are you coming to the most childish, simplistic understanding of it? It's something that might have worked like three seasons ago when they were both in slightly murky situations. But Sans has achieved so much more at this mm-hmm. point. I know, like. I really like Sansa's arc from where she went from being having re- rewatched the fir- the pilot recently with my mum to try and get her to watch the show, mm-hmm. um, where she's just all into Joffrey and being a princess and one day I'll be queen and blah mm. blah blah, to knowing what she's gone through and the roles she's had to play and the little little bits of manipulation she had to do. I'm really glad that that is how Littlefinger came to his death. I just wish it had been much it had been uh cleverer or more fulfilling or actually reflected on sansa being or son i think sansa clever is the way to do it 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 feels it wasn't clever it wasn't clever at it all um it felt very basic and clumsy contrived and very contrived and it just it wasn't fun to watch mm. at all it wasn't like Oh, these two hate each other. Oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. Oh my god, it was a ruse. It wasn't that at all. It was this doesn't make any sense. Why the fuck are they doing this? This is so fucking dumb. Oh, it was this weird trick all along. What? What is going on? It was just Yeah. It was not handled well at all. Yeah. At all. It was very disappointing. And it sucks as well. Because I- finally Aya is back in fucking Westeros. We see her opening up with killing the fucking phrase, and then she spends the rest of the season doing this. Like I wanted her at Winterfell, uh, but I of wanted course, to do- yeah. Of course, but and then, not doing this. Well, let's just think about all of Sansa and Arya's storyline this season has just been a massive setup for killing Littlefinger. Littlefinger didn't do a whole lot this season. Nope. That's that's the reason that they had the whole ruse because they needed Littlefinger to be Littlefingering this season, so we could, so we could be like on board with his death at the end of it. But but it wasn't even usual Littlefinger. It no. felt it felt like bad over the top. I'm going to twirl Pantomime my mustache. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Littlefinger. It's, it's really sad because Littlefinger is little. I've already enjoyed Littlefinger and like. His, it was unfortunate. This is where it went. This is it, how it, it had to really end. Really, he, he needed to be gotten the best of, and I, I do believe Sansa was always going to be the key to that, mm-hmm. but not like this. No, no, not, not like at all. This. <laughs> not like this. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it is one of the worst things that happened this season. That and Reek. Oh, uh, Theon, crazy. Theon, Theon stuff. <laughs> the problem is, again, both of those arcs rely on us having to believe or yeah reek has to go backwards on any progress he's made like he he had all the stuff with uh winterfell and then ramsey and then being reek and then finally he was able to help sansa Mm -hmm. escape winterfell and sort of there was that minor redemption but he's going to continue he gets back to the iron islands and go from there and then he has to become shit again because he needs to have his redemptive up again but we've sort of had that arc so going through it a second time to me just feels a little redundant first and foremost Mm -hmm. similarly Sansa's stuff all this season I have to suspend my disbelief that she is really that dumb anymore she was was that dumb once upon a time she's moved well past it why are we doing this again I mean I could understand these two um, moments of growth for Theon if it was 
He goes back to the Greyjoys and remembers what it is to be a Greyjoy. He then hits trouble and is forced into a situation with a Stark, this being Jon Snow, and he remembers what it is to be a Stark. And then f- he is able to grab those two moments, put them together to be like, this is who I am. To find his identity, yeah. That makes sense to me. But to have him reach a point and then revert back yeah, and then reach a point again and that point being a 10-minute scene towards the end of this episode, really? because yeah, there might even be something to the idea of him, his PDS, PDST, PTSD, thank you, coming back to bite him in the bum one more time, mm-hmm. but maybe it needs to be something more critical where more people are relying on him and it's not just... I don't know. It uh, it was just not. It wasn't enough. No, it wasn't. Are we going to have a whole adventure with Reek next year going to save Yara? And that's a whole side well, story. Well, that's what made me go, "Oh, fuck off!" Yeah, because I don't care. I'm so I don't care about Theon. I just don't care about Yara that much. I don't care really. about Yara at all. So it makes it very hard for me to. Care I haven't cared about, about Yara Theon's since the beginning, doing. mainly because in the books I pictured someone very different. I was like, "No, you're not my Yara." But anyway, but I just I don't find her interesting either. I'm like, whatever. Um, so just get rid of th- and Euron. Ugh. Hmm. Can we just get rid of the Greyjoys, please? I just have no investment in them. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Euron? Um, he. Um, he <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is a good podcast. I think that says it all. <laughs> I don't, I, I've got very little thoughts on on Euron. It's yeah. he. He acts. That's exactly what he deserves. To drive the story yeah. in a certain direction. I guess he's got some motivation to be the king by marrying Cersei. I don't know. My question is, who gives I a fuck? I just don't care about who him. Who gives a fuck about him? He had that cool scene in the throne room where he was like throwing shit at Jamie. I enjoyed that. It was entertaining. But he's not someone I care about in any way or am interested in there uh, here's the thing right there are just so many other characters do we really need to introduce or bring this guy in to try and s- yeah, steal it's so scenes? silly i mean i There's get so that you have to, to bolster about. cersei's side because she is so particularly don't give him so much attention then yeah but at, at the beginning of the season like she is so outmatched um so i get why you need to bolster her side but he could have just who as cares? Easily- just be a whatever be a random pirate that she's you know whatever it doesn't have to be this guy who's Meant to be charming and yet scary, but he's really neither. He's just meh. Sam's dad, the t- the, what's his name? Tali. Tali. Yeah, Mr. Tali, I think we call him. <laughs> we'll call him Mr. Tali for the sake of the podcast. He's a good example of someone who just fills that role without... I don't feel like you're trying to make me invest or entertained by him. He works as being like someone who is had to change alliances mm-hmm. and is decided to come on Cersei's side because... Yeah. And like... He fulfills that role well without being a distraction or taking too much time. Yeah, I don't need to know about him. I don't need to know about him. What I know about him and his relationship to Sam is already Mm -hmm. plenty. Yeah. Plenty. (laughs) So, yeah, you could have easily had just some guy who Cersei offers to give, you know, them lands or something like that. A different person in charge of the Greyjoys or the Greyjoy fleet. Who could have completely benign reasons to go, yep, sure, you sound way more interesting yep. than what I'll get from the Starks, so I'll fight on your side. Mm-hmm. And that would be a conversation and done. Done so, and we don't need all this other bullshit. Mm. What about the stuff with Jorah? What about, what about speaking of rushed, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jorah left. 
You are healed, sir. Yeah. Mm. In one episode, <laughs> this extremely hard, impossible to cure uh, disease. Mm. And basically, you just peel the crap off and rub some lotion into it. You just got to follow the instructions, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> which no one has been doing for centuries. No one's bothered to do. What do I think about that rushed story? Know. It was rushed, but yeah. I'm also really happy that Jory is back. So I feel conflicted. I am, but apart from, but he doesn't do anything. I was going to say he 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 is. I one was of the so highlights. excited for him to be back, and then they do nothing with him. I'm like, why? Give me more Jora, please. He is one of the highlights, I think, of episode six. I just like Jora just being awesome. Um, but. Yeah, he's, what a beautiful man. He's but he was for the longest time. His whole thing was being like the counsel of Danny, mm-hmm. and he's done zero counselling of Danny since he's yep. been back. That shits me. I know Tyrion's there now, and that's great. I love Tyrion, but also Jorah, has not been given great advice. So you might want to outsource there, Danny. Yeah, yeah, but Jorah could easily step into a role there, and it would be great. Well, what I don't understand is because isn't Jorah like a knight or whatever? Wasn't he? Yeah. Like a, he was until he got exiled. Yeah. yeah. So he's, so you've got the Grey Worm, and you've but he's off or whatever, and you've been having trouble with your military movements, your milita- military strategy. Like, why aren't you talking to Jorah more about that stuff, Danny? Is he is military really his thing? I mean, he's certainly, certainly not more Tyrion. qualified yeah. than Tyrion, yeah, for goodness sake, who is making every wrong choice, apparently. Isn't it suck? Yeah, ever since Tyrion's been hand of the Queen, he's really sucked his job. I feel really bad for him because he was so fucking good at being hand of the King when he was in King's Landing. He was yeah. so good. It was awesome to watch. Seeing him in his element, and for whatever reason, he's not in his element right now. I don't know why. I, I think we should start wrapping this up. It's... I don't know. I'm definitely disappointed with this season, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the more that you talk, the more you just seem broken inside. But, uh, and I, I kind of feel, did I do this to you? No, Are you no, okay? No, no, no. The thing is, the thing is, need I, a hug. I also, like, I really enjoyed it, but it's obvious that the show is different now than it was. Yes. It has changed. I guess that's the thing you have to come to terms with. And mm-hmm. this is, again, a conversation we had the other day. I think I'm okay with the show being what it is. Do I think it's the best version that the show could be? Definitely no. not. Do I think, am I okay with getting this? Maybe. I think tonight's episode, the finale helped to settle some of my fears after episode six. It helped think, me a lot. Yeah. I think the majority of the season was pretty good. I think five and six are the worst two episodes and that was a worry. Um. But like episode four. After watching five and six, for whatever reason, I just kept thinking back to when I, years and years ago, I was sitting in my lounge room and I would sit there and read the first, you know, I read Game of Thrones and I was so into the book and I was so psyched for the show. And I just kept thinking about how much time I've spent on this show. Mm. And I was like, what if it ends up being fucking shit? This is the and I was so worried and I was heartbroken. I was like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. And then tonight's episode happened, and I was like, it's obviously not brilliant TV, not brilliant Game of Thrones. Sorry, but it has appeased that huge amount of <laughs> that sick feeling I had in my stomach. I was like, it's it's a little better now, so I feel I feel better about it. What? What are your, the best examples you have of things that have had shitty endings that you've loved, put, invested heaps of time in and then ended up having a rubbish ending? 
Oh, I'm going to need some time to think about that. I know, I, Dexter's, you, Dexter's the one oh, for me, okay. but I bailed on that show. Lost as well. Rubbish, yeah. rubbish ending. So I didn't finish either of those. Um, I still I don't like the finale of Buffy a whole lot, but. Yeah, Buffy's Buffy's one, definitely, that I was just like, it's it's fine, but it's not like it's not as do you, good. Do you know what one I'm super happy to this day was great? That mm. ending I, I, I actually loved. What? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah, Just you the really books. like that? Oh, the, the books. books. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. That like, was oh, the, so mo- the movies, whatever. The movies don't yeah, count. Yeah, I was, I was confused, yeah. The books, that, it could so easily have gone wrong. I haven't re- read the last book, actually, after the first time because that was a lot. I, I think it's a lot. perfect. It's not my favorite book. Mm. But in terms of actually pulling off the ending to that series, mm. the most hyped series of all time, yeah. to get to satisfying... The, the satisfying places it did, mm. apart from some of the wand law rubbish. <laughs> but but emotionally mm. and plot-wise for the most part, it actually does get there. And the, yeah. a couple of the revelations I have at the end that you realize were set up the entire time and you're like, oh, my God, they actually <laughs> – she always knew where this was going and mm. she got there. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Well, I've, I've just thought of one and it's not like crazy disappointing like yeah. I wanted to like smash my TV but one I was just like, yeah, no, not as good was Parks and Rec mm. which was my mm-hmm. like my favourite show and like the last season I was like, this is not the same. That's true, This yeah. is not the show that I love and I'm really sad about that. We watched that finale together. We mm. had a little bit. But even that whole that. last season I was like, no. Yeah. This is not what it is. This it, is not the show. It was a season too far. It was a season too far. And absolutely. they'd already had like four false endings at that point too. <laughs> That's right. Almost yeah. as many as Lord of the Rings. I think, I don't know, I do, do, we, do we do a good job discussing this season? Have we discussed it enough? I feel like it's weird having not discussed the previous six seasons. I feel like we're it's missing really some hard. of the conversation. Are, we, really are there any plot points we should be talking about? It all got whittled down to just basically... Everybody meets each other. Um, everyone's going to fight the White Walkers and a couple of side stories. That's really what this season well, ended up it, being. This and season a bunch was of people, so short. Extraneous people died. This was a really short season. Yeah, and all of those because in past seasons we have had episodes where you'd see like five different storylines, but everyone's come together, so they're all really truncated. They're centralized. Yeah. So there isn't that like you'll have five characters in one scene. So we're not talking about five different things happening. We're talking about one thing happening. Mm. So it, it, there's just less to talk about, I think, is probably what it is. I still can't get over though, just just thinking about now. I'm just thinking <laughs> I was just trying to like place where everyone was in this episode and mm. everyone was at King's Landing for a long time except for basically except for just Sansa and Ah, yeah. But then you've got, I'm just thinking about like, there's like, they go and they have that council bit and it's all happening in King's Landing. And then we like head back to to Dragonstone and everyone else, well, we're back at Dragonstone. Here we are. It's incredible how fast this (laughs) stuff, it's so jarring. Anyway. I just wish every time they went back into a scene, they walk into a room and someone goes, oh, you're back. (laughs) Just like that, that'd be good. I'd appreciate it. You just left. Uh, all right, should we start wrapping this up? Get to quick fire comments. I don't have any quick fire oh, comments because I, I haven't been making notes, but you go for it. All right, and cool. I'll... Here we go. Quick fire comments, single only round, broad round. Are you killing phrase? A statement start to the season. We said that already. The hound is a highlight. What a redemption arc. This is when I was really enjoying the season. The mm. episode one or two, he had that great scene like where they he'd been meeting up with the other the brothers that banners. The grave and he sees the thing in the fire. That and... was like that was classic game of thrones 
really good stuff that season. I and mean, totally abandoned. You didn't like that? I, no, it left me flat. I think I need to re-watch it. Ooh, I, I think if you watch that now, you go, oh, this is what I was missing through the rest of the season. Yeah, this sort of storytelling. Okay. This sort of like nuance to character and I stuff. I think just because as much as I love The Hound, I, I don't give a, a shit ball about the those brotherhood, brotherhood people. Sure. So I wish he was with people I cared about when he was having any kind of revelation. Anyway, go on. I very much enjoyed Sam's poo montage at the Citadel. Amazing. I loved it. I thought it was so cool and clever and like so energized. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big props for that. Ed Sheeran. I don't care. No, I'm sorry. We should Everybody's tell the story. Everyone's so opinionated about it. I don't care. I just enjoyed when we were watching on the couch. <laughs> That's right. And you heard someone singing and Damascus going, ha, 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 Ed Sheeran singing. Ed Sheeran's in the forest. <laughs> we all laugh. Yeah. Holy shit, it's Ed Sheeran. And it was Ed fucking Sheeran. Damascus I just made a little quip and I was like, I, guys, I think I'm magic. <laughs> I think I made this happen. It was very, it was surreal moment for me. Anyway, go uh, on. Dragonstone looks amazing. I just want to comment generally. Beautiful. 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 Set design is incredible. Considering Set design, whoever did like the location scouting, incredible. Costume design as well. This mm. season, everyone's costumes are Except so good. Except for Danny's white coat thing. I did not like that. No? Okay. I, I really generally like really love the costumes hideous, this season. But otherwise, yeah. Everyone cool. looked great. Uh, plot hole, ass covering conversation between Danny and Varys. Do you remember this one? The whole thing where they're like talking about, wait, you want Are to- you loyal? Yeah. I really, yeah. that was just like super, oh, I've got to cover this hole. Uh, yeah, but I kind of liked it because I think it's a hole that needed to be covered. It did need to be filled, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you remember this scene? Arya finds Nymeria. Nymeria isn't interested, sad face. That happened this uh, season. Yeah, I was really confused about that because I didn't understand why she was like, that isn't you. I Did like, you? Have we talked about this, what that was in reference yeah, to? Yeah, I, I, I think I spoke to you about it and then I also read some articles about it. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. But it, in the moment, I was like, I don't get what should, that... Should we explain to the listeners what that was? Yeah, probably. Essentially, I think it was that some stage... Uh, who Oh, Jon Snow said... John or someone says that isn't you, the idea that she might be a... Like a lady like Sansa? No, I um her Ned is talking to her about oh, what a lady is and Arya is like, That isn't me. That isn't me, right. And so what yep. she's saying to Nymeria that's Nymeria, right. yeah. Nymeria, she's saying, you know, come back to Winterfell with me and pretty much you can be my pet and but she's realizes like, Oh, that's not you. You're you're wild and you need to be free. Exactly. That's what happens in that scene. But I didn't get that until I I didn't get some, it until afterwards either. Yeah. Uh Sand Snakes die. Hooray! The naval I I never like hated the, I never had such vitriol for the sand snakes that apparently everyone else did. They sucked. But I also don't care about them, so like whatever they're gone. Just, and it I, was that they were gone. That was the bit I okay, but that's another right. example of like just house cleaning to get the yeah. movie show going. Uh, the naval battle is underwhelming. Grey Worm and Mercendi got busy without his pizzy. Brand- <laughs> Got busy without his pizzy. Props for that comment. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. Brand is a bit of a dick. Yeah. You don't meet your sister for like the first time in a million years. Like, how good's being raped, sis? And just stare at her with dead eyes. What? It's fucking weird. I love how he knows everything. Everything. But it's news to him from Sam that that Rhaegar and Lyanna had... Or Rhaegar had an annulment before he married Lyanna. Like, well, oh, I, I didn't know that bit. How did I... I'm sorry. That just completely got through <laughs> whoa, my fucking... Whoa, <laughs> And he falls out of his chair. Yeah. <laughs> Bazoinga, that's crazy. No, but I'm I'm wondering about what he does and doesn't know. That's, like, how he processes this information. This is the problem with the whole 
three eyed raven thing, the mechanics are so yeah. fucking vague. Because clearly with what happened with Sam, he doesn't know everything simultaneously. He must perhaps have to look into things to see them. I don't I don't know. I don't know. All super strange. The also, it used to be that Bran, I was like, oh, poor Bran stuck in this boring storyline. Now Bran is just fucking boring. <laughs> anyway. Uh, goodbye, Elena. You were badass. Uh, we will always love you. Always love. Always love you. <laughs> Apparently, everybody has unlocked the ability to quick travel around West- Westeros now. Okay. I mean, when you get to a point in the game, yeah, sure. Of course you can do that. <laughs> That's yeah. how it works. Uh, how long have we waited to see Lannisters fight Dothraki, to see dragons actually on the battlefield? I literally had tears in my eyes watching that scene. Fuck yes. Yeah. Very, very self-aware joke about him still rowing. We said that. That's it. That's all I got. There was some oh, no. One more thing. Eur- <laughs> Euron is going home to hide on his barren island that can't grow food until summer com- comes. Fucking dumb. That's my, that's my last one. But then that doesn't matter because he's not actually going to do that. No, he wasn't in the end at yeah. all. But I was like, what it was a ruse. It was a terrible ruse. No one cares no about. One, no one was like, dude, your rock has nothing on it. <laughs> you will die. Everyone there. wanted him to leave. So it was like, okay, bye. Like, no one invited you to the party anyway. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, he was just being a massive dick, wasn't he? Yep. So rude. So rude. All right. Ugh. Favorite and least favorite episodes. Damas. All right, favorite episode is episode three, Queen's Justice. So, so what was it about this episode that made your favorite? Uh well, I I loved what I saw in the spoils of war, which I actually thought was going to be my favorite episode mm-hmm. when looking back on the season. Uh, but I have to give it to Queen's Justice for being so reminiscent of what I love about Game of Thrones. We have two people in a room, both talking at and around one another. So you got yeah, Danny meeting Daenerys in mm-hmm. particular here. Wait, John meeting oh, Sorry, Danny? John. Yeah, sorry. What did Danny I say? Danny just meeting herself. Danny, Danny, yeah. Uh, staring in a mirror. I'm reading and like talking at the <laughs> Who's same time. Who's got the biggest dragons of them all? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we've got, yeah, two seeing two points of view, understand both, whether you agree or not. So, yeah, we've got John and Danny meeting, which is so wonderful. We've got Jamie and Olena. And then yeah. we also have the scene where Cersei kills the Sand Snake. Yeah, which was classic. Sand Snakes, um, which is Incredible. We were like, oh my, holy shit. Yeah. That was intense. Classic Cersei so, revenge yes. stuff. So, I, I loved it. I thought it was a wonderful episode this season. What about you? Mine, without a doubt, is episode four, The Spoils of War. I'm going to read mm-hmm. again from my direct notes. I may be repeating myself here briefly, but I just, I had a spiel to myself after this. A I spiel? Was, I was so fucking Hard. impressed. Oh. I, maybe. <laughs> Which is awkward on there. half job. Very awkward on airplane. <laughs> no, you just put the little tray down. It's all good. This is going to sound really wanky too, but I'm just like, I, this is how I felt at the time. We are blessed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It was a religious really experience. The episode is it was per- a religious experience. <laughs> the, the episode isn't perfect, but it is incredible. You were masturbating <laughs> while watching this, weren't you? Doing the Mile High Club by myself. <laughs> A milestone in TV. Game of Thrones now has three of the best battles in cinema. Cinema history. This is the definition of payoff. 
Arya makes it back to Winterfell. Three Starks are now there. Arya and Brienne sparring would have been mm, enough to make this episode great. great. Then yeah. you have Danny and John at Dragonstone. Then Theon and John, because they'd have seen it. That was good. Then Jamie and Bronn being awesome. Then that ending. How long have we waited to see the Lannisters fighting and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Uh, firstly, because uh, sorry, this brought tears to my eyes. Firstly, because after being promised and waiting so long, we got to this moment. But secondly, because it was glorious. TV <laughs> is the real deal. It is a superior me- medium. There is no longer anything that cinema does especially better. The king is dead. Long live the king. And now I've come. <laughs> yep. <good. laughs> I'm done. Oh, that's fantastic. Get me a towel. All right, time for Lee's favorites. Are we ready? Yeah, you go. All What's right, the least favorite episode? Is it episode six? Beyond the wall. That's right. Uh, yes, yeah. episode six Beyond the Wall. Uh, my least favourite is episode six Beyond the Wall because it was fucking shit. <laughs> it, was just, it was just cementing my fear that the characters like no longer existed in the world. Yeah. It was just, you know, well, they're certainly not the characters that I love. They're just empty shelves. But even just, the world didn't exist anymore. Yeah, it was like just, Gendry running. Like I know they were there overnight. But the way the show communicated that went for so long, that would take time. They, like they, they, they lost something. The that. worst, yeah. The, like the characters are just empty shelves to serve as a plot um, that I don't think is particularly original or or inspiring. So the plot it, to me isn't even interesting at that point when you're talking about capturing a white and then being surrounded by evil bad zombies or whatever. Um, yeah, like I at that point I was hoping it would change. But I had completely, completely lost faith in the creators. I was like, they've lost it. It's done. The thing is done. The thing that I love is ruined. They killed it. They killed it. They killed it. And they didn't even kill it with fire. They slowly beat it to death. (laughs) And I had to watch. Um, And I felt like Cersei, all my kids are dead. And I had nothing to live for. But thankfully, episode seven was... (laughs) An upswing, so that's all right. But I was in a pretty dark place in episode Hopefully six. that's the lowest I think, ever gets. I think, yeah, this, this because we always do a favourite and least favourite episode. Yeah. This is probably an episode that is like at my darkest. The one where I'm like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> so, you know, that's saying, that's saying a lot. I'm so not saying it's the I least was, best. I was crying in my favourite episode. <laughs> you were sobbing in your least favourite episode. Existential yeah, crisis. Yeah. I was trying to find a high place to jump off of. I'm sorry. Where can I go? <laughs> what's, what are the options? Yeah. Yeah. What's yours? Uh, my least favourite episode is episode six, Beyond the Wall. Is No. I think it is a... I think it is actually a great episode of television on its own. It is a bad, bad episode of Game of Thrones is my problem. I think if you removed it from the context of Game of Thrones, what Game of Thrones is, what we've come to expect the show to be, what those characters are, the, the way the plot works and so forth. If you remove it from, from all context, basically, and just go, here is a short film. It's like a middle chapter of a trilogy. In this one, the, these characters that we like have to go and get a nice zombie and leave it's like you could frame it that way and you go oh that was pretty entertaining and and you know it was appealing and visually stimulating but it's an episode of game of thrones just not good just not good i think the visuals were cool i think the story was fine yeah whatever but if, compared, to TV, game thrones, compared to game of thrones compared to game of thrones i agree <laughs> the worst final yeah. score and ranking what do you give this season out of five it's it's, it's, it's hard it's yeah. really hard because you have do i rate it in tv generally yes. Yes. 
guess. Or do you, I rate it compared to Game of Thrones? Okay, I, I'm going to think of it this way. I always try and think about well, what am I comparing it to? I think of all the scores I've given my other shows. Mm. For these I ratings I never in do particular. that. That's probably where I go wrong, yeah. <laughs> I always go on a whim. Well, oh, should I go first then? Yeah, maybe I need some context for like I, what, I'm, what gonna, I'm feeling. I'm going to give this season a four out of five. Oh, my. Ag- acknowledging that it might be the worst episode, might be the worst season of the yeah. show. Yeah. But this is a show that's full of four and a half and five star seasons. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a great show. Yeah. I know, my, I know my score. What's your score? Um, Three and a half. Three and a half? Yeah. I think that's yeah. utterly fair. Yeah. Because I, and I do think that if it was a lot of other shows, it would be getting like a four. Yeah. But I just, thing, I can't right? with Game of, it's Game of Thrones. I can't give this, a, this season a four. I really can't. I can't allow it. <laughs> Fair enough. I shall not. Yep. Do, so there you go. Do we want to keep watching? Well, I have to. <laughs> There's only one. Se- no, I'm going to stop now. Gonna that stop would be now. bold. <laughs> and, and the way the world works, there's so many spoilers. I would know the ending anyway, so I could never really stop watching. Um, but no, of course I'm going to keep watching. I've got to know how it ends, obviously. Whether it will be satisfactory or not. Are you going to keep watching? I don't know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> this isn't Dexter. I'm not going to stop now. Uh, this, uh, the thing was, even if this season was a disaster, mm. oh, mm, if it was a complete and utter disaster, maybe I would have said, no, nah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. But realistically, it was plenty good still. Of course, I'm going to watch the last six episodes in yeah. a year's time. And I'll do it in a group. Well, it's going to be like a year and a half. A yeah. year and a half. But it's going to be great. Like... Like at the very least, even there's a real if it's sense bad, of community uh, with it as well. Like thing. we're all it's in it together. Yeah, love that. And when's the next time this is going to happen? I don't know if it will. I this whole experiment of hunting seasons has convinced me that that streaming and binge watching is the worst fucking thing that's ever happened to television. Because you don't have those events anymore. Because I have watched watching Game of Thrones, even though it wasn't great this season, mm. as good as it has been, I should say. Yeah, um, has still been really enjoyable to do it with as that sense of community that goes with it, that mm-hmm. sense of being a part of something. Yeah. Um, Twin Peaks. I don't want to spoil my thoughts on that, but watching it episode by episode because I knew we were going to potentially review it yeah. has completely changed my experience of that compared to streaming right. it. Yeah. Um. I'm hearing a lot of things. There was another show. I can't remember what it is now, but I read today. I think it might be The Tick, actually, which is just... Yeah, it was The Tick that you read about, yeah. And they aren't releasing them all at once. They're, they're stalling them, yeah. Brilliant. Smart. Yeah. But Rick and Morty's doing that as well. Rick and Morty... Well, Rick and Morty... But Rick and Morty isn't on a streaming service. Like It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, but it's first and foremost on whatever its primary channel is. Not it's, in Australia, though. Not in Australia, but the only net. So what Netflix is doing? It's mm. not. It's not Netflix original. It's releasing their content all at once. That so they're going to do yeah. Stranger Things later in the year. They're getting them as they come out, and they've got some agreement to bring them out within a week yeah. of their viewing, which is great for us in Australia. Mm. Um, but it's still, it's on commercial or yeah. cable TV first still. Yeah, but I think if perhaps Netflix, because um, Nef- Netflix would always wait for a series to be or a season to be complete and then release it on Netflix. When you say wait, sometimes that might not have to do with them waiting by choice, but because that's the agreement they've got. Yeah, no, I I understand that. But if they like can see the benefit of releasing episode by episode and then giving that option to creators, that could be really beneficial. They already do. There's there's a a Netflix original series, I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, that comes out weekly. 
Well, there you go. Yeah, I know. They just need to start doing it more. And with their big shows. Yeah. And I mean, I think it depends on the creators and how they want people to consume their thing. I wonder if the creators really want that. But I also think that the creators, it affects the well, art when I, they know that that's yeah. how it's going to be consumed. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you would write to that, surely. Because then, like, a lot of those streaming things, every episode has a big cliffhanger, you know what I mean? So, you start watching the next one. You're like, oh, my God, next one. Oh, my God, next one. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm done with it. I'm, I think You're it, done with binge watching? No, okay, not, no. this is the last episode of Hunting Seasons. <laughs> no, See ya. <laughs> I'm not done with binge watching. I'm, I, I am firmly against the practices being the norm, though. Okay. I think it shouldn't be encouraged by the medium or by the the what do you want to call it the industry anymore. Mm. I think it's wrong. I think it's it's the worst thing that's happened to TV in a long time. It, it, there's so many good things going on in TV at the moment. The binge watching model is taking away one of the things that makes TV unique. In that sense of community, that sense that we're all watching it together. It's appointment television. It's you. It, it's it's just it's enhanced so many other shows. It just being weekly. Rick and Morty, Twin Peaks, Game of Thrones have all been this last month, and they've mm. all benefited by coming out on, on a weekly schedule. That's fine, but I don't think I agree that it shouldn't be every single show like that. But I think a lot of shows have really benefited from them being binge. Such binged. as um, most of the Netflix platform. You reckon – I don't think Orange is the New Black benefits from being binge model. I think Glow does. Glow glow maybe, only because it's so short. Mm. Again, this comes down to the thing we've said a bunch of times, just to reiterate. Let's how, be honest though. We have spent months and months and months of binge watching incredibly long, 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 long shows. Including it's, Netflix series. Yeah, though, no, that I, that's, I, that. I know. I'm saying that. We are experiencing a huge amount of fatigue because of that. Binge watching fatigue. And I understand where you're coming from. Killing ourselves. I understand it. We're killing ourselves. I don't think the this. majority of people are doing it quite the way we're doing it and might be having a slightly different experience of it. Yeah, I don't know. I just wonder whether it enhances that you're more likely to dislike something if you do it via a binge model. Because, like, I've binged other things and I, I anticipate that... But you're more likely to dislike something. I think I'm more likely to dislike something to a greater degree if I'm binging it. So, yeah. does that <laughs> make sense? Because it feels like you're punishing yourself. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm, uh, but like, most people stop, whereas we don't stop <laughs> ourselves because we have I, to keep going. I'm anticipating <laughs> really enjoying Stranger Things Season 2. Like, the, my height levels for that are mm, really high. Too. And if it's good, I'm going to binge that shit in a day. I'm going to love it. Yeah. And I'm going to love it. You know what would help with that? If, like a sense of community, if it's on the weekend or whatever, take a day off. And we can like watch it together. All right, let's that'd be fun. Like, so have, make a thing of it. it, make it enjoyable. That's a good idea. Yeah. All right, we might try and do that. Yeah, yeah, I think it is on a weekend. I think we can do that. It usually comes out on Friday. This stuff. Okay, sick dog. Done. All right. Uh, do we have uh, any <laughs> predictions before we finish up? I give up. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, my predictions is there will be a great battle. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if there wasn't. Uh, yeah. I still want Tyrion and the Night King having a conversation. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think the P 
people who are alive will fight the people who are dead. I think the land will be decimated by winter. I think um, obviously the Night King and his troopies are fucking badass. There's so many of them. It's not predictions. What are you doing? What do you want me to do? No, predict like deaths and stuff like that. Oh. How people's demises are going to be, stuff like that. Um, Cersei's going to die. How? Jamie's going to kill her. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Jamie's going to kill um, Cersei. John and Danny will probably have a baby because they keep talking about her yeah. having a baby. Gotta be right. Um, Cersei I'd- won't be pregnant, but Danny will be. Yeah, either they'll get married and be like, we're a king and queen team, high five, or Danny will die because um, you can't have another husband die. You don't think that da- that John's more likely to die? No, I don't. Okay, I think he might be. Okay, Um. what else? Tyrion will live forever and be really happy and he'll find a woman that really appreciates him. Tyrion almost definitely dies. Um, Jorah will live forever and find a woman that really appreciates him. absolutely does. Um, the Hound will live forever and find a woman that really appreciates him. I actually think that's possible. (laughs) I really hope that happens. Um, look, if Brienne and the Hound want to share a kiss, I'm not going to say no. They have more, like, I know Tormund or whatever his name is, Mm. is really into Brienne. Brienne and the Hound have some chemistry. chemistry. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, wouldn't mind seeing some... Very tall people make some love some, on TV. Some doggy stuff. We saw some very short people make love <laughs> in the finale episode. They're so cute, John and Danny. Tiny, tiny people. Um, yeah, look, I don't Aya, know. Is Aya going to die? Is Aya going to kill people? Who's Aya going to kill? Is Aya going to kill Cersei? No, it's going to be Jamie. Um, Who's she got left to kill? Who's, I, I hope apart from Cersei, Aya the kills the Night King because she's an assassin. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, it's gonna be John, surely. Killing the Night King. Yeah, maybe. What? How, how about the theory? There's two theories going around at the moment. One is that Bran is the Night King. Well, he's walking into the Night King. No, no, the, the Bran is like gets sent back in time and then like becomes the Night King. Right. But I am more partial to the to the theory that Bran is the Three Eyed Raven, as in Bran, the Three Eyed Raven we met in the tree, is actually old Bran. Yeah, right. I like I that can one. See that. That's yeah. like there's a circle thing a going circle. on there. Yeah. yeah, it's like a bootstrap paradox sort of thing going on there. Yeah, that's cool. That's some cool stuff. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. What like? Do you have any solid? No, he's mainly 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 Jamie kills Cersei, which seems a bit obvious, but mm. it just feels inevitable at this stage. Um, I don't know. I'm really intrigued as to what they're where they're going to go with the whole. Uh, John is actually the rightful heir to the throne. Does that matter? Does he want to be king of Westeros? What I happens? I Does he like step it. up and go, hey, Danny, whoa, 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 step back, auntie. I'm actually <laughs> the one who's meant to be on the throne. Fuck off. Like, Look, I don't really think it'll matter because if they're in love, then they're going to be like king queen ruling anyway. together anyway. They exactly. clearly have mutual respect, so it don't, I don't really think it's it matters. It's going to be a song of ice and fire. The West I just really want to see their face when they fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so funny. I don't be- know how they're going to do it like in a serious dramatic scene because it's going to be so funny. No, it'll be like meh. Because everyone's She's, ancestral. Have you seen that- my auntie's boobs? Who wouldn't? Yeah. No, it's, it's going to be like that. That's super ancestral. I know. But that, like, just because your ancestors, ancestors did something 
weird doesn't mean that you necessarily think it's cool but yeah um that shouldn't be really good i'm looking forward to it yeah i think that's it that is it all right if you would like to contact us you can do so by searching for us on facebook by searching for hunting seasons by finding us on twitter at hunting s cast you can email us at hunting seasons podcast at gmail.com you can find myself on twitter at b gordes b g-o-r-d-e-s damask you can find me on twitter and instagram at maskymu m-a-s-k-y-m-o-o thank you very much to sean kirkpatrick for our wonderful hunting seasons logo and graphics you can find his work at sean kirkpatrick designs.portfoliobox.net or by searching for at Shawnee Boy Draws on Instagram. Also, thank you to Jordan Calavis for our wonderful Hunting Seasons theme song. You can find his work at soundcloud.com slash classic Rex. Please consider reviewing us on iTunes. It goes a long way to help uh, helping us get found on the internet by other potential listeners. Don't forget that we're also part of the Earbuds Podcasting Network. Uh, you can find the other Melbourne-based podcasts as part of that network uh, on Facebook at Earbuds Network or searching for Ear Space Buds is the probably the best way to find that. Next week, we'll be back to talk about Twin Peaks The Return. Hey, Damask, how are you going watching? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I am letting down the team so hard. <laughs> what? I just can't find the motivation This to is going to be really interesting because I've been watching this methodically. And you were just celebrating how with, much you liked not binging it. Yeah. With, yeah, with my girlfriend. We yeah. watch it every week. It's appointment television for us now. I'm going to try and watch like two episodes a day and obviously a couple of extras here and there, but at least two episodes a day. Yep. So it's, let's well, see how I'm, I'm looking forward to that podcast because we will be actively able to compare our experiences, binging versus non-binging mm. and see what that looks like. Cause we both weren't really fans of the original, the original Twin Peaks. Yep. So mm. I, if, if I enjoyed you, the first episode I watched, if you like this show more than I do after you having to cram it into a week. But I already know I'll I be won't impressed. because you're like a filmmaking buff, so you can jizz over that stuff. Do you remember but how I much like, I hated the original Yeah, but that series? was old. It was old. It wasn't impressive to you, whereas this is new and impressive and it looks beautiful. So you can like get your film buff on, whereas I like character. That's what I live for. So if it doesn't have that, I'm just going to be staring at a pretty picture and I don't give a fuck about that. So I'm ve- I really am I'm not expecting to like it. I'm really not. Only character? There's nothing else you like at all? No, not really. Oh, man, I'm so looking forward to this conversation. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, we look forward to seeing you then. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.